you know, everybody wants reliable results with their dog, but they're often missing one crucial piece of information in their training. And today we're going to talk about how we can make your dog's uh, training more successful, more motivating, and just have better experience with more reliable skills. I'm Ken Steep. I'm Kel McCann. Welcome back to McCann Dogs. It's fun seeing the season three thing come up. Uh, that's yeah. something that I really uh, think is cool. I think it's neat that we've done three seasons of the train station. It's pretty crazy. Actually. Yeah, totally. Now, you guys know if you've been here before, um, then you'll know exactly who we are. But if this is maybe your first time here, my name is Ken Steep. This is Kale McCann. We're professional dog trainers at McCann Dogs. And at McCann Dogs, we get to help more than 500 dog owners with the same problems that you have every single week. Mm -hmm. um, we put on our train station show for you. You know, most often, these kinds of shows, the topics are basically picked by you. Common comments on our videos, common questions in our chat. But if you're struggling with something, uh, and today we're going to talk specifically about your release command, and we use the word okay. That's like our release command. And like command. why you even have a release command, because totally. some people might not even know why or that that should be a thing. Yeah, for sure. And that's exactly why people, I think, struggle so much with mm -hmm. this is they don't really understand the why. What does it matter if I, you know, allow my dog to get up from that sit or not? Mm -hmm. But um, uh, so if you're new here to the train station, I want you to uh, drop that question in the chat. As long as it's on topic, in about 45 minutes, we're going to go to general questions. At about 8.15, we usually jump into general questions. But if you're new, I see a few people that are saying that they're new here. First timer says Biggie. Angela Spence says, I'm a new watcher. Yay. So uh, let me know. Drop new in the chat if you are new to the train station just so we can get an idea now if you're uh if this isn't your first time here at the train station you know that uh we, has we have a lot of help yeah i love to toot i love to toot when i'm here one for you now uh dan the man is we call him dan the moderator man we lots call him of links. lots of links Luton. we call yeah. him all kinds of things but He's often with us here in the chat, and we may see him here tonight. Um, but we had to send, I had to recalculate the satellite for tonight mm. so that it was, we were able to pick up Dan where, uh, let's just take a look. Let's take a look at where Dan is. There's Dan, lots of links, Luton. What a jerk. Hanging out at, yeah, that <laughs> play fun. That looks he's, so He's in Aruba nice. right now. So I had to send, I had to send our uh, satellite feed way uh, out of uh, orbit, uh, off, off its orbit. I don't really know. I, I'm not really sure what the terminology would be. I'm no... Uh, Regardless, science, we're jealous that you're in the sunshine. Absolutely. And uh, he's hanging Amazing. out in the sunshine with his wife, Ellen. If you're one of our in-class students, you may have seen Ellen in our office. But um, he might see him in the chat. Maybe not. Maybe he's just catching some rays. I hope he's not in the chat and that he's just sitting and enjoying himself. He does, he does love to hang out here, though. He does. Yeah, yes. yeah. We love having him. Now, one thing is for sure. We spared no expense when we got our graphic designs done uh and uh one of the most important things that uh that i did with my graphic design time is uh do a roll call i want to know where you guys where are you watching from where are you joining us from and as we mention every week it's pretty cool when you see people that are like coming in from all over the world i know if you're in the uk right now uh staying up late with us thanks for hanging out it's got to be like 11:30 or so something like that in the uk and people from all over the world uh, are, are hanging out with here hanging out with us here in the train station so i want to thank you guys for joining us but drop in the chat where are you watching us from oh here they come yeah they're starting to roll in here so do you want to just uh, grab some of those? Yeah, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Atlanta, Toronto, Tucson, Arizona, Arkansas, Kentucky, New Jersey, South Carolina, South Carolina, uh, Southern California, Virginia, Toronto. Oh my gosh, it's going so fast. I, know, I can't it's read going it. Quite fast. Kentucky, Rhode Becky Parker Island, from Nebraska. 
Hey, Rocky Parker. Hawaii. We just got married in Hawaii. We did. Uh, Tennessee, North Dakota, Texas, more Texas, more Illinois, um, Colorado, Scotland. Awesome. Very cool. Um, it's th- um, one thirty-five in the morning there. Oh, uh, wow. Oh, no, 12.35. My math yeah. isn't correct. Uh, Florida, Texas, Toronto, New Jersey, Very Alberta, cool. Canada. Nice. Okay, I'll pick up from here. Where's Where's Alberta, Canada? Here. Okay. Uh, Melinda from North Carolina. S- uh, Sandy from Cali. Uh, Casey from Ohio. Tanya from Chicago. Uh, Bro- Brosophus09. I love that name. From Michigan. I see Cleveland, Ohio, Washington, Houston, Texas, Queensland, Australia. Monica, thanks Yay. for joining us from Australia. We've got some friends in Australia right now, and yeah. um, I know you guys are having a tough time with Wendy some of those Wendy and Piper, fires. current oh, students from Guelph. Very cool. Thanks for Hi, joining Wendy. us here, guys. Now, um, I wanted to mention, last week we announced that we had our online training equipment available. We did have a discount code that did expire, but you guys, you, so, you sold us out of uh, all yeah. of the leashes, all of the three-quarter and all of the half. They're all gone. So um, we won't have any leashes back in, but if you're looking for training equipment, check us out, mccandogs.store. Yep. You can get your uh, bait pouches. You can get your gentle leaders with the metal clips so that they don't slip. Uh, we have leashes, a bunch of stuff there. So mccandogs.store. We have the store. best leashes. We really do, yeah. People have messaged us from they all over drive. the world. Oh, yeah, to, to our to, place to get, to get, to get those leashes. <laughs> okay. You know what? Uh, I think we started off on a really good note, and I think it's really important to understand that anytime we're talking about the McCann method, the, you know, the method we use for dog training, we're always focused on three things, being clear, consistent, and fair with our dogs. And uh, when we, um, we, because we know that number one, as we talked about, increases motivation. Number two, it increases the speed that your dog learns at. Dogs learn in like really black and white terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's important for us to be a good leader for a dog, to give them that sort of clear information. I don't know if there's anything you want to add on to that and you know in terms of like giving your dog clear information and why we might use something like an okay like a maybe you use break or some sort of um uh, uh, end command for the you know for a skill or behavior well i think sometimes when you want your dog to work for you or pay uh pay closer attention um it's a lot easier to sort of tell them when they should start focusing and paying attention and then when they don't need to any longer um, so that it sort of sets the tone it keeps you in charge it sort of lays out the rules a little bit more and provides clarity as we were mentioning um, so that the dog really knows how long they should do whatever they're doing it could be simple as you know asking them to sit for example right. um, <laughs> that's funny Christina, I think I should be added to the train as well. Um, So for example, if you ask your dog to sit, it's not very um, convenient to ask your dog to sit and then have them sit for a couple seconds and then just kind of meander away. Um, You know, and then you have to ask them to sit again. So, you know, we want them to understand that they should sort of continue whatever behavior they're doing until you actually release them. And uh, this does a whole bunch of things, but one of the main things that it does is it helps you establish yourself as, you know, the one that's in charge. And it's a great non-confrontational way to do this because if the dog does not want to stick around or focus for as long as you want them to, you now have grounds to, to follow through appropriate to help the dog understand that they do in fact need to listen in that moment. So it just 
just, it makes everything so much easier for the dogs and for you. Something that's really um, interesting, and, and I sort of draw this parallel. I hate drawing parallels with like human behavior um, to, to dogs because it can be so misconstrued. But something that um, we notice is that uh, imagine you were going to work every day and you really had no idea when, after you got there when it was going to be over. You know, you had no idea if you were going to get a lunch break, when you were going to get a lunch mm -hmm. break. Um, you'd really start to think, you know, how much how much energy do I need to hold back here? Yeah. You know, how hard should I be working? Uh, maybe I'll be working all day. Maybe I'll be working for 24 hours, uh, which I know very well. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's gonna you're going to start to see um, what you're going to notice as a human, because we're great at uh, recognizing patterns, is we're going to start to pick up on the cues before our boss comes over and says, okay, you're done for the day. Mm -hmm. uh, the dogs do the same thing. You know, um, yep. it, it's really important that, uh, you give your dog clear information, you know, that, that at the beginning of every exercise, there will be an ending. And whether that's your sit, and this is probably the most commonly overused one where people don't release their dogs, but the sit. We're going to talk today about walking on leash, uh, recalls, the sit, sits and downs, like uh, the stays. Obviously, you, you mm -hmm. need a reliable re uh, release word for that. But, you know, we're really going to drill down on how you can apply these things to your, uh, to your training so that you can get more reliable skills from your dog. And we'll also talk a little bit about some of these pre-cues that mm -hmm. you might be giving your dog with a release that are are really making things confusing. And you might think like, how did he know I was going to release him at that point? I had a funny conversation with um, one of my agility students last night and her dog kept coming off of the contact zone before she had released it. And uh, I happened to be watching her and not the dog. And what I had realized is the dog actually was reading her lips. Oh, so yeah. Just as she was about to like go like this, to say, okay, yep. the dog would break position before she was really ready. Interesting. And so uh, the dog was watching her so closely that literally could tell what body language she was going to say yeah. when she was about to run forward. So um, we did all kinds of fun things. I was like, say Oklahoma or Oreos Proofing. or something. Right. And the dog all of a sudden was like, whoa, I have to pay attention here. I'm not, I'm not sure what's going to happen. So we were able to work through that pretty quickly, thank goodness. Um, but it just reminds you how freaking smart dogs are at being able to assess situations. They're a lot more intuitive than we Perceptive. realize and, yeah, they, and more than humans. Absolutely. They are masters of body language and they pick up on these subtle cues uh, that we're giving off. And sometimes it's accidental. Sometimes it's on purpose, but they're <laughs> they're very aware of what's going on. Yeah. Um, let's talk about how uh, you know these guys can add uh, an okay or why they might add an okay to their walking on leash training because i think that's going to be really important the other thing i see people dropping uh, in the chat you know what what words they're using do you do you have a release command what is it we use okay yep. um because you know uh, the use in everyday language seems appropriate um uh and it's not like like we won't use uh, something like no to mark a negative uh, thing with our dog because we use no a lot in conversation but okay is always a positive thing yeah. so we use okay uh, as our release word but we have some people some of the people that train with us, some of our trainers use things like break yeah. or other words. So let me know in the chat, you know, what are you using for that release command? Yeah, I think it's fun to use all kinds of different words. My dad says release a lot yep. instead of... Um, instead of okay. Um, it doesn't really matter what word you use as long as you're as long as you're consistent. But when it comes to walking, people often um, associate using a release command with um, uh, stationary behaviors only, but we actually will use it in many different types of behaviors. One of them being when we're walking with our dog at our side. Um, in our dog training uh, school, 
in our dog training philosophy um, and methods, we actually have two styles of walking that we do with our dog. One that's like a little bit more casual that we use, you know, most of the time when there's not much going on and we're just sort of hanging out with the dog on the leash, going down to the end of the driveway, taking them up for a pee, you know, just sort of casually moving from one place to uh, to another. We actually don't insist that in those scenarios, our dogs remain perfectly at our left-hand side. We give them a little bit more freedom. However, they're not allowed to pull the leash. So even if they're in front of us, the leash needs to have slack in it. And that is the dog's responsibility. However, we also have another exercise where the dog has to come in and walk nice and close to our left-hand side. They have to be a little bit more attentive. They need to sit beside our leg. When we stop walking, it's way more controlled. But we use the release command to let our dog know that they um, they don't they can re- release themselves or they can move from one position to the next. So to give you a scenario, you know, if Ken and I are taking the dogs for a walk and we're heading down to the park or wherever we're going with our dogs, we'll sort of let the dogs sort of hang out. And then if we see that there's, you know, people walking down the street on the other side with other dogs or kids or whatever, and we think that we need to get a little bit more control over our dogs or help them to be more focused on us, we'll ask them to get into our side and have them walk nice and close until we're sort of past that distraction. And then once we're pass and there's nothing much going on we'll say to the dogs okay and we'll just let them be free and again okay doesn't mean like run away and be a hooligan and pull on the end of the leash it just means you could sniff now if you wanted or you could stop and have a pee or you're not really working per se um and then the dogs kind of know when they need to be on and then when they need to be off and we find it's a lot less stressful for them because the criteria in which we're expecting in that moment is really clear for sure uh and it's also they your dog learns more quickly because those moments that you're focused on walking on leash and whether it's the beginning uh, or maybe it's the middle of your training where you're starting to introduce distractions, wherever you are, your dog understands that if you say, and I, I noticed someone mentioned, <clears throat> I don't remember who it was, but someone had mentioned, as I saw the chat zipping down, uh, that they use, oh, Shandy's got that. Great. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Shandy. I was actually just trying to pull that up uh, If for that link Thank to you, the drop it video. Um, someone mentioned that they use let's go for their uh, release command and that's actually what we use for our healing our our walking in at our site so don't be confused over the course of tonight if you hear us use that that's uh that's for our uh, walking in position at at your left yeah and again we don't really care so much about what words everybody uses what we try to do and what we encourage our students to do is make sure that whatever word they do they have a consistent expectation because when you start to use certain commands and then they often mean different things there's it's really difficult for your dog to become really good at responding to that command because it's not super clear what you're looking for so um that's one of the reasons why we we suggest that for sure um kale sort of touched on the idea but um someone asked in the chat really quickly uh Melinda said, should I use a different release command when I'm letting the dog do whatever they want as opposed to when I'm still asking for other behaviors? Um, and I think this sort of touches a little bit on it's that. kind of what our okay is. Our really. leash respect. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, kind of, yeah. I mean, okay just basically means whatever I ask you to do or whatever you're doing right now, you don't have to do it yeah. anymore. And um, it, what's really important is we... We like to be clear with so walking on leash, and Melinda, this might be not your specific situation, but walking on leash, we insist that the dog doesn't ever pull us on the leash. Mm-hmm. We want to be really clear about that. We actually have a, a, a really popular video um, that's, uh, that Steve, instructor Steve, showed with our leash respect exercise. So when we, 
want formal walking. So let's, I maybe touched on this as I was trying to get stuff done, but, um, you know, maybe we're in a busy environment. Maybe you're like a downtown area or you're in a shopping plaza or somewhere where there's other yeah, people or dogs. About this. Yeah, you're going to, you're going to, you want your dog to be in at your side, nice and close where they can be safe there. You know, other people aren't tripping over them. They're not getting stepped on, et cetera. But um, for, for your least respect, they can go anywhere around you. They don't have to be at your left-hand side. So, uh, people, and this is a common conversation, oh, should I let my dog sniff on walks? Or the walks are for my dog, so I'm going to let them sniff. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I, I, don't, I don't like that uh, perspective. Uh, sure, I'm going to stop along the way and allow my dog to go use the, you know, take a pee or poop or whatever needs to happen. But it's going to be on my terms. Typically, we would have like a command for that. Like we would say like, hurry up or whatever. Or like if I was going to be just sort of being in the more relaxed thing, I think I saw you say something else like about agility. Melinda said it about the agility start line versus like just releasing them oh, like in the park. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if we were like keeping the dog in a controlled um, behavior or position and I was to say, okay, and we'll use the example of being on the leash again and my dog was just sort of walking around, I would still be giving my dog a command from, from time to time. So if my dog was on the six foot leash and she wasn't walking at my side, she was just sort of hanging out and I thought that she was A, going to get a little distracted or she was kind of inching towards the end of the six foot leash, then we would com- use a command like, hey, stay close or with me, just to remind them like, hey girl, like, you're supposed to be paying attention or leave it or whatever it might be. So okay doesn't necessarily mean to do a specific behavior. As Ken mentioned, it's right. you don't have to do whatever I've asked you to do anymore. And then you can just move on to whatever you're asking the dog next. For sure. There isn't a big problem between using okay, say in an agility ring or obedience or whatever sport you do versus just your everyday stuff. Um, I use the same word in all situations. In agility, I would say okay. And then I would probably follow it up with whatever cue I wanted to give next. And then in everyday life, I would basically do the same thing. And dogs are situational. Totally. You know, when you line your dog up on that start line or they maybe... They know they're doing agility. Totally, yeah. So you don't have to worry about giving them the next piece of information after you give them that release. Uh, huge thank right. you to uh, huge thank you to Shandy Blake and SD Cruiser who are knocking it out of the park as our moderators. Awesome. Dropping links in the chat. If you guys see something coming from them, it's likely a link to one of our videos that we're probably talking about right now. But maybe we, those guys, we'll have to send those guys to Aruba next. Maybe. Hang out with Dan. Yeah. Yeah. How about we send ourselves to a Yeah, I know. Maybe that's the first step. Okay. <laughs> um, there was a good question that rolled by here. Courtney uh, asks, do you reward or treat the release command or do you think allowing them to release is reward enough? I have that's a, a great question. It is a really great question. And I'm working on the sit stay for context. I love when train station passengers show yeah. up here and they have great that's questions. Super good. They're yeah. a little deeper thinking. Yeah. So my answer to that is both, uh, depending on what we're working on. So sometimes just the release itself is a reward for the dog. And other times I might release from something and then have a little game of tug or I might reward with food, depending on what we're working on. You certainly don't need to be restricted to one thing. Um, If you really want to get deep about this question, often what I will do is I will base it on what kind of mindset I want my dog to be in when I release them. So if it's something that we're working on and I want to release the dog and let them kind of release a bit of stress or anxiety or energy that I would purposely release and then tug with them or have a little play or whatever it might be. Say I was releasing my dog from a stay or something calm or the dog sitting to be padded. I wouldn't then release the dog and then let them ramp up because I'm, I'm wanting the dog to kind of stay in a more relaxed mindset. So I'll switch it up based on what I'm looking for, for the dog. And we actually see people um, make mistakes on this all the time. They do like this fabulous stay or the dog is just sat 
on a perfectly loose leash and I've come in to practice some petting and not working on the jumping. The dog's done such a great job that the person's like, yay, good dog. And they release and they praise with such enthusiasm that the dog's mind just goes, oh my gosh, this is exciting. And then they jump. And now after all that perfect behavior the dogs made a mistake so just think about kind of what you want um in the next few moments and then decide whether you want to release with reward or just release and relax yeah the other thing that was like a good saying i just said release and relax release and reward or release and relax oh that's fun i like it yeah i remember that one make it make it a t-shirt or a sign (laughs) um another really important part of your training is going to be like your sits and your downs. Now, these are great because they uh, work on a little bit of self-control, but they're for sure the most overused thing that we say to our dogs. It's also one of the reasons that we teach a weight command. Now, if we're in close to, if you're in close to your dog and you ask them to sit, your expectation can be that they just remain in that sit, that they don't go anywhere because you've asked them to offer or give you some behavior. Uh, But the most common thing we see people do is uh, they'll ask their dog to sit and then the dog is does a great does a great job they give them a treat and then they just walk away yeah or then they just don't really care what happens next there's a couple of problems with that one of the problems is that the dog does not learn duration and the second problem is that the dog learns that the reward is it means that they're done and a lot of the time in the way that we train anyways when we reward you as a dog um it means that I love what you're doing and I want you to keep doing it. So if I go to reward my dog for sitting or walking or whatever it might be, I don't want them to get the treat and then just excuse themselves from the behavior. And this is something we right. see a lot yeah. in the early stages of training because the dogs just don't know any better. They, they're they like, woohoo, I got a reward. So we often have to coach people to maybe reward a second time or a third time back to back to keep the dog engaged. Or maybe you reward the dog and you follow that with a voice command. And then the trick is to actually release the dog before they decide to release themselves. So if you have a really busy dog and say you're working on a down or a sit, and it is a challenge to get that dog to hold position for you know an extended period of time with a calm mind, then you're not going to ask that dog to you know hold a sit for 30 seconds or 60, 60 seconds to begin with. You're going to start off by doing short and sweet repetitions, but my goal is that I start and end the exercise. So often when we're first starting, we'll ask the dog to sit, we'll reward a few times, and before the dog releases themselves, we'll say, okay, and we'll make it like it's our idea. And then as we continue to practice, we will stretch out the longevity, having the dog hold position a little longer and a little longer. But we try to be really um, realistic about the length of time that we ask our dogs to do something so that the dog is repeating things successfully and and that's literally all about how we train dogs there it's about setting them up to repeat something because dogs learn through repetition of course but to learn to repeat it successfully over and over and over again and one of the ways that we accomplish that is by being really talented and on the mark with how we use the word okay for sure and okay and when we talk about uh teaching these skills or, or behaviors it's uh I've just I've lost my train of thought. You were t- you're giving something good, and then I was doing something else. Shoot, uh, it'll come back to me. I'll get it. I'll get it. Why? We, oh, wait. the other thing uh, that's really important is that not only do we set our dogs up to be successful, but if they make a mistake, it's important that we show them how to be right. Your dog gets if your if your dog has learned to sit, and they sit great when you ask them to sit, and then they decide they're going to sit this time and then get up. That's 
we, we draw the line there. You know, we have to show our dogs how to be right. So we'll place them in the sit. We'll praise them there. And now the responsibility is for them to remain there until we release them with that mm. okay. Now, what's so interesting about this is the people that work really hard on uh, teaching their dogs like a stay, for example, we can always tell the students that are working really hard on things like sit stays and down stays. Uh, we can also tell the dogs that have been like gotten a great reward for being in these stationary positions mm -hmm. because the person, the human, will say, okay, and the dog will just think. I think that's the cutest yeah, thing. Yeah, right. I've just been getting slices you, of this pizza. This must be a yeah, joke. <laughs> I've been getting the best stuff ever for remaining in position. So it's really important at that point that you don't pull your dog. You don't, because yeah, they're working actually hard. Actually really kind and respectful what they're doing for in that sure, moment. For sure, yeah. And so it, for your dog, maybe it's a mixture of like motion. Maybe you're backing away. Maybe you're clapping your hands, mm -hmm. wiggling your fingers. But whatever you do, if your dog's putting in an extra hard effort to complete some skill and you release them uh, and they see way more value in remaining, working, let them work, mm -hmm. but just encourage them out. Just allow them, you know, uh, do what you need to do to uh, coax them out, encourage them out rather than yanking them out of position because they're, they're working really hard to be good. This is a good question. Can we answer this one? Yeah, I gotta go. Oh, you gotta uh, find it over here? Yeah, I actually, I put it in the queue. Oh, we both thought it was a good question. I know, really great question from Steven Zalea. Is it okay uh, if I tell my dog to sit, but then he lays he or she lays down? Yeah, this is a great question because I get asked this a lot when I'm teaching classes because a lot of people will say, well, technically he didn't leave, so like, is that acceptable? Um, and that's something that we would um, we would redirect the dog back into a sit. So. It just we keep it really simple sit means sit down means down walk means walk yeah. and if the dog starts to do a different behavior during um the moment that we're asking for something else then we would just follow through and have the dog sit again so if i said sit my dog sat i rewarded and then as we went on the dog just laid down i would simply say sit again and then i would just lift the pop pull the dog back up into a sitting position once they were sitting then i would praise them say whoa look at you sitting so the dog feels all good about themselves sitting and if the dog is able to hold the sit for a few seconds after that then i would yes and reward the dog and we can give you a little timing spiel here 101 dogs learn within one second so a common problem that we will see is the dog will break position people will put the dog back in a position and then they'll feed them right away and the dog goes oh i see what you want me to do i get up you put me back and then i get a treat and you have a bit of a vicious cycle so if your dog moves out of whatever position that you're asking for it's important that you put them back very quickly but then wait like a good solid three five seconds so that that right. time has gone by before you reinforce your dog with um, food, toy, pet, praise, whatever it is, so that your dog really understands exactly what they're getting the reward for. And then if it's something that's challenging for your dog, release them out of that position before too long so that you don't get into a situation where every time you go to release them, it's after they've just made a mistake. We, you know that saying, you want to end on a good note, keep things short and sweet. And that's exactly what you need to follow when you're training your dog. Um, couple oh my goodness, look who's arrived. Dan the man. Dan, look get out of here. Go at, back to the beach. Look at the, emo look at the emoticons. Is that what they're called? Uh, that, he, emoticons, that he put in here. Emoticons, yes. He's having fun in Arua. Welcome, Dan. Uh, Aww, uh, Shandy, so nice. Shandy and Esty Cruiser are lighting things up here, Dan. They I'm not, are. I'm not going to lie. They're working really hard. And I actually saw a competition between Esty Cruiser and Shandy. To who, see who, who can, can get the link first. up first. Yeah, That's it was really cute. good. Um, uh, Killa Calabud 1904. 
Do you guys use no as negative reinforcement or is it better to ignore and only do positive reinforcement? Really great uh, yep. question. Um, it's a combination of both. So yeah. we don't use the word no, no. but we, we do use a negative verbal reprimand to mm -hmm. mark the moment that your dog makes a mistake. And we try to match that verbal reprimand to be appropriate for each individual dog because, you know, as you probably know, all dogs are different. There's some dogs that are quite sensitive and soft. There's other dogs that are a bit sort of rammy and hard-headed. So we tailor the strength of our verbal reprimand to the dog that we have. So I have a Border Collie. She's pretty soft and sweet and doesn't really like to be wrong. So when she makes a mistake, I'll just say, oops, or hey. Um, and that's right. that's the strength. Yeah. Um, I've had other dogs in the past that have been a little bit more pushy. And I might say, ah, hey, and be a little bit like firmer and, and more guttural in my sound um, so that I can affect change. And then from there, we would follow through with some type of placement to make sure that the dog understands they have to hold that position. So it's not... Um, it's, we don't use per, we don't only tell the dog when they're right. We also tell the dog when they're wrong, but then we show them what they need to do to be right so that the dog doesn't get stressed about being wrong. And, and that's sure. really important to us because a lot of people, they will get angry with the dog or tell them that they're wrong, but then they never show them what they should be doing differently. And, and that's really an important part of your dog training step. Yeah. And uh, Miranda says timing's important, yet it's so difficult. Yeah. She's still learning. And I, I can totally agree, but the timing, using your voice buys you the time it buy it marks that moment for your dog and it buys you the time to yep. get in there but so that's what you need to really keep in mind and, and again i see uh, a couple questions i think it was thunder dragon mentioned uh, uses yes rather or he or she uses yes rather than a clicker and that's why we like using the yeah. yes so much because we can we like it's clickers too us. but you have yeah, yeah yes with you all different the different time. behavior uh, if we're trick training and we need to mark a specific behavior clickers mm -hmm. are great for that because yeah. they're so precise and i think they innervate a different part of the brain i think i read that somewhere which was yeah. interesting but um, uh, really good information. That was uh, uh, your sits, your downs. Uh, you're going to need to release your dog from them. Now, mm -hmm. the stay. I would argue that the stay is one of the most important exercises that you will ever work on with your dog, and you're likely never going to use it. Yeah. It's going to be something <laughs> that you almost never I use. I also had this conversation with my students this week. <laughs> yeah. So when we talk about teaching the stay, now we teach a stay in a wait. Now I should, I should sort of um, qualify that because people are thinking like, I ask my dog to not move all the time. But we teach a stay and a wait. And they're two similar but different behaviors. So when we teach a stay, our dog's responsibility, once we've taught it to them, is to remain, we tell them stay, we leave them, it's their responsibility not to move until we come back to them. Um, it's not a super functional skill, but it is an amazing skill for you to be black and white with your dog, be a very clear leader. Uh, there's no expectation that like, oh, is, is he walking back? Is, did he say okay? Is this the time that he releases me from my stay from 12 feet away? If you're always, if you're super consistent about your stay, you're returning back to your dog side and then you're releasing them. That's how you get these rock solid stays. But you do need a functional skill to go along with that, which is your weight. Yeah. Um, the, the benefit of the stay is it gets your dog to work. It, it teaches them that they can remotely have uh, confidence, that they, can, that they can function at a distance from you. You know, you can give them a responsibility, you get a little bit of distance or add some distraction or whatever level you're training at, but they can work a little bit and then you can come back to them. That's mm -hmm. what's so beautiful about the stay, but you do need a wait where you ask your dog to not move for a moment. You go up the stairs or you're letting them out at the park. You're letting your dog out of the car at the park. You need them to wait when you open the door and put their leash on or whatever you do to get ready to go. Yeah. You can't have them just 
barging out the door. But the, it makes that okay just as important, you know, especially in the weight. And what's so important about this release command that we're talking about when you're teaching that weight or a, um, a stationary exercise with a remote release is that you mix it up when you're training it. So if your dog uh, is super rock solid in their weight, they're, they're, they hardly ever break, maybe you can okay them three out of the five times. But if your dog loves to get up when you're teaching the weight, if they're constantly, they think you say okay or they move before you say okay, then maybe out of five exercises, you go out, you come back and reward them four times and you only release them once. You re- need to really figure out what, uh, you know, how often, because in this case, that uh, when we talked a little bit earlier about the release being the reward, that's the case. You know, often you're releasing to you. Um, so you do have to be careful about that. I don't know if there's anything you have to add uh, with like the stays or the weights. Um, no, I think um, I let, think we've covered most of it. Let's talk a little bit about some of the accidental cues. We're going to jump into the recall, which is something I know a lot of you guys uh, are working hard on. And I'll talk to you a little bit about how important the okay is, how, you're, how important your release command is for your recall, which you might not even think about it that way. But I'll tell you, after... Student after student after student that goes through our classes and they, uh, week one or week two, they're like, this is never going to happen. And then in week uh, on graduation day, uh, their dog runs across the room from corner to corner and past all these other mm-hmm. dogs and then sits in front and stares up adoringly at them. It's because they've really, they've given the dog great information. They've worked really hard at home and uh, everywhere else with their dog, but they've also been consistent about their release when their dog mm-hmm. is allowed to leave. But let's, can we show, and this is something we often talk about in the agility um, training, with somebody's having, struggling maybe with their, uh, with their start line. Yeah. Some of the subtle things you need to be really thinking about when you're teaching a release that you might be cueing your dog, giving your dog a pre-cue yeah. for. I can even give you, like, I definitely can show you that, but I can also give you, like, um, a more realistic example. Like, for example... Uh, clipping the leash on and off. This is a really common thing. A lot of people will clip the leash on and then they'll release the dog or they'll clip the leash on and maybe you don't know about releases and you just let the dog get up. And now what happens is the clipping of the leash cues the dog that they're allowed to get up and leave. Um, And so what we try to do is teach the dog that when you hear the clip being uh, used or attached to the collar that we actually want you to remain in position until you hear us say okay and that way we have control right into the very end or uh, you know if you're letting the dog outside a lot of people will open the door and say okay and then what will happen as soon as you open the door the dog will just barge through the door out of the door without you even saying okay because the word doesn't mean anything anymore the release to the dog is the fact that you're opening the door so you want to be careful that you know dogs learn within that one second time frame like we mentioned before so if you're saying the word okay and then you're pairing it with the same action every single time very soon the action will become the release and the word won't work anymore so our recommendation to you is to make sure that you separate the word from the action so that your dog can't predict as easily what's going to happen so that you have a little bit more control in those types of situations yeah i don't know did you want to show like some visual cues for i lisa's made an interesting point here she said uh, i've never trained a dog before and from what i'm hearing i'm doing everything (laughs) wrong That's okay, Lisa. I'm so yeah. glad that you're Work, here yeah. and that we can fix it now. Um, so even if even if you've been doing everything wrong, all it takes is for you to correct your uh, path a little bit, steer the ship a, a little bit of a different direction, or uh, I guess you can't really steer a train. 
Turn that train no. around. And, I don't uh, really think it, you can turn a train around very easily either. No, I don't think so either. But I can toot. <laughs> um, giving your dog clearing consistent information from today forward is going to be uh, you know, just as helpful as having you know, uh, started like that. You might have to work a little bit harder on untraining some of the bad behaviors you yeah. may have accidentally created. You know, we uh, have taken in some uh, adult dogs in the past. We work with lots of adult dogs, people who have rehomed or whatever uh, in, in their households. And oftentimes, all it takes is working through some simple, basic obedience. They catch on so quickly, totally. it will blow your mind. Totally. Mm-hmm. Actually, this Sunday, I'm going to release a video that talks specifically about adult dog training. Specifically, and I'm going to get, I will do three skills that you need to do uh, with your dog it, that aren't, they aren't like walking on leash, the stuff that like really is great relationship building stuff. And then you can start working on it from there. Mm-hmm. But uh, having some of these skills uh, is going to be really, really important for you. But um, it's, it's okay if you've been making mistakes. We all make mistakes. Even we make mistakes. You know, we'll mm-hmm. make mistakes in our training occasionally with our dog. Maybe we don't recognize that we're giving one of these pre-cues or something. And it'll, it'll start to, uh, we'll start to recognize that error. Mm-hmm. And then we just have to fix it. You just work through it. It's not yeah. a big deal. Um, did you want, did you have any more about showing that uh, release or are you good for that? Uh, I could show a little bit about the release and maybe the placement if the dog gets up. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I've got everything else ready after, uh, we head on back. Oh, there's Dan. See you all next week at the train station. I need to go put some aloe on this burn. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Hopefully you're not too badly burned. Dan, lots of links, Luton. Thanks for joining us here today, though, in the, the train station. Um, so I think it's just about time. I think it's just about time to head on over. Uh, Kale's going to talk a little bit about how you can accidentally pre-cue your dog and what to do when things aren't going so well. So let's head on over to the train station. Okay. So... If you're gonna be practicing your training, we recommend that you put your dog on a leash so that you have a little bit more control. And uh, Slam has just, come here, have that, can I have that? Slam has just found a toy, thank you. So maybe I can use this as his uh, reward for some of these exercises. So I'm gonna just start off by asking Slam to sit. Now, if you've never really done this before, I would not recommend training with a toy in your hand because that'll be a little bit distracting. But what I'm gonna do is have him on the leash. I'm gonna have several pieces of food ready. I'm gonna ask him to sit and to help him stay in the sit, I'm gonna feed him several times for holding the sit good. Yes. I'm going to say yes when he's correct, and then I'm going to reward him. Now, I have one piece of food left, so as I deliver it, I'm going to give him his release command. Okay, good boy. Again, that's so it's my idea. Sit. So again, if I have a new dog, I don't want to say sit and then just stand here like this and like wait to see what happens because if I give him no information, he's probably gonna get up and move away. Now Slam knows to hold position because he has had hundreds of thousands of rewards of holding the sit and then being rewarded. Okay, and then I can release him from there. Now, if you're working with a dog that's less experienced, and of course this is something that I had to do a lot with him, is if he broke position and he got up before I released him, all I would do is repeat sit and I would put him right back to where he was, good boy. Once he was sitting, I would loosen the leash and I would just see if he'll hold the pose for a few seconds. Yay! And then I would reward. And this is what I was talking about before. Okay, if Slam was to get up, so if he's holding a sit, 
good boy and he was to get up out of position and I was to get a treat out and have him sit and reward him and then a few seconds later he was to get up out of position and I got a treat out had him sit and rewarded him he would actually start to learn that every time he gets up I'm going to get food out and ask him to sit again. So we would actually respond to the getting up with that verbal reprimand we spoke about a few minutes ago. So if he got up, I would just say, ah, ah, or hey, and then I would bring him right back to where he was, sit, and I might just even lift up on the leash to let him know he needs to hold position. Then I would loosen the leash for a few moments. Good boy, that's what I want, that's perfect. Yes, and then I would reward. So again, I let him know what I don't like, but then I immediately show him what I want. I want you to be sitting, and then I would loosen the leash. Good boy, praise for a few moments, and then I could reward from there. And again, when I'm ready, I will say, okay, and then I can let him move from there. So it's always my idea that he gets up. Good boy. Now, the other thing that you want to be very careful of is that you're not releasing the dog and doing the same action at the same time. So you can use agility as an example or the leash clipping, whatever it might be. So if I was to move away from him and every time I said the word okay, I was to do this. Okay. Raise my hand and then release him. Sit. Good boy. Okay. Good boy. I raise my hand and release him. I'm going to try it again. Okay. Good boy. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get him on this or not, but I'm just going to move my hand and I'm not going to say the word and I'm going to see what happens. Okay, so look at that. Three repetitions. All I had to do was move my hand and he was uh, being able to come out on the motion. So I need to be careful that I'm not um, pairing an action and a and a um, word or verbal together all of the time. It's the same thing as me hooking on his leash and then telling him, okay, hooking on his leash, telling him, okay, as soon as I hook the leash on, he's gonna bolt on the leash. So what I might do is practice putting my hand up, yes, and then releasing, putting my hand up, good boy, okay, and then releasing, good man, sit, good boy, yes, good boy, I could tease him a little bit, Okay, yay! So I try to just make it different for him so that he's really listening for the word and not um, not predicting my action. And again, often when I say, okay, you can see he's grabbing the leash, he's tugging, he's having a little fun. I'm absolutely okay with that. I want him to learn that releasing and playing is a lot of fun. Out. What I would rather him not do is have me say, okay, and then just like kind of, you know, run into the other room or something. I like that he's ready and engaged and he's excited to do something else with me because that shows me that, um, you know, he likes to do things for me. And good boy. Do you want me to show anything else, Sam? No, I think that was good. Good boy, baby. Let's head on back over here to the not train station, in front of the train station. Uh, Haiti mentions, okay, I'm, thanks for everything. I'm off to train my dog. Have a great night, everyone. And thanks for joining us here in the train station. <laughs> now, I mentioned a little bit earlier that we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the recall and how you can take advantage of your uh, release word and why your release word is so important. Now, we're getting some really good questions, and I'm kind of wondering if maybe I should jump into these couple questions okay. now. Um, yeah, let's do that because we're going to hit the 815 mark, and then we can do general stuff. Uh, but I, I like the SD Cruiser's comment. Tried clicker training. I was awful on the timing. And you? Yeah, sometimes at first, if you're not used to it, I find a lot of the time when I'm introducing click clicker training to my students, especially if we're doing something in agility, 
I feel sad for them because they have food, they have a clicker, sometimes they have a toy, they have a target plate, and it's like, how do you manage all of these things in the same time? So sometimes it is just easier to say yes, but um, using a clicker can be really helpful because it can really, you can really isolate behaviors with a clicker. So it is good to, to practice with it if you think it's something that you will be implementing into your training. But again, it's not necessary for everybody. Um, you know, we just use it for very specific things. We don't use them in our regular classes. We use them in our high level classes. Right. Um, so it's not ne- nece- a necessity, um, but it is important for everybody to be really good at using the word yes and being able to have really good timing. And again, you need to say the word yes to mark your dog's correct behavior when your dog is right. And you need to do that within one second of the correct behavior so that your dog gets it. Yeah. Miranda, uh, my dog can sit and down, but I'm having a hard time teaching him to get up from the position. Now we talked a, bit, a little bit about this <laughs> yeah. just a couple of minutes ago, Miranda. It's a good problem to have, Miranda. Yeah. Use motion, use voice, use wiggling your fingers, find something. You sort uh, of saw with, with slam, hopefully if you're right. working a second ago, I was saying, okay. And I was sort of breaking my posture and looking more playful. Sometimes people will just stand still and they'll say, okay. And the dogs, if they, if they're not used to the word, they're just like, okay, what? Right. <laughs> you know, you just fed me for sitting here for a couple of minutes. So why would I get up? So sometimes you have to break your posture and encourage them out of position. Um, Amy, there are worse problems to have, though. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Amy says, my dog will be slow to follow a command if she doesn't want to do it. Sometimes she won't do certain things unless she knows I have treats in my hand. Common problem, Amy. Yep. Uh, I don't have time to wait for her to decide no, to obey. No, you do not. No, but this also starts at the very beginning. So it's really important that when you're thinking about training a skill, whatever the skill is, that it's always verbal then show the food, mm-hmm. lure the behavior, then you can reward. If you Sometimes you might mix this up a little bit. It might be as simple as you holding food in your hand and your dog is like, I cannot leave that. I will absolutely not look at you. I'm going to focus on the food. And then you ask them to sit and then you lure the sit. Well, what do you think the dog's thinking about? They're thinking about this. They're not thinking about this. We really want you, your dog to be thinking about the words. So focus on that. Now, with that said, if your dog has uh, learned to go on a verbal, for example, and uh, they're starting to take their time and they're just like slowly getting into the sit, you can start to differentiate the okay behaviors with the good ones, with jackpot Mm -hmm. rewarding. That's always an option. Let's talk about jackpot rewarding and how that can be helpful. Yeah, so sometimes if my dog gives me, if I'm asking for a behavior and the responses I get from the behavior are varied, so sometimes they're faster, maybe some have more focus than others, some have a bit more pizzazz than others, more um, attention, whatever it might be, I will react to my dog with different strengths of positivity. So, um, you know, if my dog just sort of does a so-so job, I might just praise my dog for that and not give them any food. Just good girl, good try. That was a bit slow though. I might sort of, you know, joke around with her a little bit, but I wouldn't give her food. And then say I ask her to do behavior and she just like is dynamite at it, at it then I'm going to say yes more exuberantly and I might reward two or three or four times. I might reward with food and then a little game of tug. So she goes, oh, okay. I I do this on my recall training all of the time. So I walk my dogs. My family owns um, 22 acres of land, and, and that's where Ken and I walk the dogs every single day, which is 
we're super lucky. We don't have any distractions except for like big wide open fields and that we let the dogs run, but we are constantly practicing our recall um, to get the dogs to come back. And I am selective with how I reward the dog based on their speed. So if I call them back and they're super fast to come back, then I will reward generously. I'll even play a little game of tug for them for a second. And then before I let them run in the field again, I'll have them sit, I'll get focused and then I'll say, okay, and then I'll let them run in the field. If they're like a little bit slow, but they're kind of coming, then I'll, you know, pet them and say, you little turkey, that wasn't very quick, very fast. Then I might let the dog get like 10 feet away and then I'll call them again while it's a little bit easier for them to respond. And then generally, almost every time I get a snappier response then, and then I do my big jackpot reward and the dog goes, oh, you like that, did you? And then I might do that a couple times before the dog's super distracted and then I can go from there. However, If I get no response whatsoever, and it is truly a behavior that my dog has been trained to do, she's been proof through that, she has had a lot of different training. What does that mean? Oh, we're good. Okay. Uh, And I don't get a response, then that's when I'm going to introduce some follow through. So if I say come or if I say sit and I get you know, a dog that's like, nope, don't feel like it, then I'm going to pick up the line and I'm going to follow through with maybe tugging on the line a few times or placing the dog into a sit like I've shown before. What I'm not going to do is make the dog think that I can, you know, I'm going to say come five or six or ten times or I'm going to ask them to sit a bunch of times. If I've asked them to do something, I expect them to listen. I'm never going to raise my voice or shout or scream at the dog. I'm simply going to repeat the command in the exact same tone Tone. that I used it the first time and then I would make it happen yeah and then I would praise them and say that was good but you can do a lot better and then again I would set them up again in an easier situation so hopefully they could be right so that I can get some good rewards yeah this applies to all of your literally even dog training even even the sit for example if you're not getting the sit that you want and you know your dog knows how to sit you (laughs) repeat sit and then show them what the position looks like Um, you know keep those expectations high and this is where people often fall off they're like (laughs) well he knows this Maybe if I ask them three times, then I'll finally get the behavior. And they're yeah. like, oh, he finally sat. Um, we we know it, it, the tens of thousands of dogs that have come through McCann Dogs, we know that you can set those expectations high. And you will be amazed what your dog is capable of if you give them good information. So make sure you're consistent. Make sure you keep those expectations high. Now, when we talk about the recall, one of the most common things that people are looking for when it comes to like coming in for training we talked about the release command and why it's so important. Well, we believe that the, uh, the, re- the, the recall is actually sort of three stages. So the first stage is the turn, and we do lots of work to, to work on the turn. Uh, first, we build motivation, and then we release, and then we work on all these exercises to build the turn. Then there's a middle part where your dog can start to make some choices. You know, are they going to come straight to you? Or are they going to find a distraction? Whatever that, uh, you know, whatever sort of exor- um, challenges you want to present to them. But that ending... That ending is all about that controlled sit in front. And they're not sitting there because you're holding them on a tight leash. They're choosing. You're showing them how to sit, and they're mm-hmm. choosing to sit in yeah. front of you. Um, That's so but important. we teach that the moment you say come, from that moment forward, your dog needs to come all the way to you and sit in position. And they can't leave until you say okay. If they run to you, it's like that uh, uh, one of our instructors says, you're, you know, you're like a, a dog treat ATM. The dog will come in, grab a treat, and away they go. Doggy drive-through. Doggy drive-through, right. It's, that's not okay. You, you need to insist that your dog remains in position. And this is where your release command, using your okay, can be super valuable for you. So if your dog understands that every time you say come and do your thing and they come to you, that they need to remain in position 
then they're going to be more likely to find value in that position. They're mm -hmm. going to be more likely to remain in that position through re re uh, repetition. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's how you're going to build longevity. And it's so important when we talk about the emergency, uh, the emergent situations, you know, that we uh, often, maybe not quite once a week, but nearly once a week, the office gets a phone call that says like, you listen to this story. You know, my <laughs> dog got out the back gate or, you know, my, we had family over and the front door was open and the dog puppy ran out the front and I called come and they came back. It was amazing. But there's lots of situations like we live in a relatively rural area and there's like mm -hmm. animals and uh, or, or, you know, other lots of animals. coyotes. Coyotes are really bad right now. You know, if I tell my dogs to come because there's a bunch of coyotes running around, I want them to be like really close to me. I don't want this to be a question of can I catch my dog before the coyote does. So using your okay in your training, really uh, making sure that your dog has a clear understanding that they need to remain in position and if they do they'll be rewarded you'll you know shower praise and use tons of rewards give them uh, that high value treat whatever the thing is but they need to stay there they need to remain in position until you release them and uh, so often people will come to us and they're uh, with a, maybe a little bit older dog and they'll say oh he comes in like just close enough i can't quite get a hold mm. it's like he knows how long my arms are well if you start to teach your dog that that sitting in front means that they're going to get the greatest rewards but they need to remain there until you say okay then you're going to see that um, inherent value of that position go way up yeah we teach our dogs to do it automatically so when they say when we say come they just assume that they're going to be sitting in fronting uh, sitting in front um um, and then also, if we suspect suspect that the dog might not have a very reliable recall, you know, I do this if I look after my friend's dogs and I don't know if they're going to listen to me as well as they listen to my friends, sure. then I always take them out on a long line or a leash so that, you know, I, a, I'm going to keep them safe. That's the most important thing. And B, if they're not going to listen, I'm going to follow through to let them know, like, the rules still apply here. Um, I just want to make sure, um, I think Shandy asked a question. I just want to make sure we get to it since she's working her butt off for us tonight. Um, Something right. about can your dogs be in an X-Pen when we're training someone else? No kidding. Oh, can, so, yeah. So I, was that um, to so us Monica, No, Monica said, uh, so let's, I'll bring up oh, this okay. conversation. I see, Hold no, on. Right. I see. Monica mentioned that uh, she's working hard to train her dog, but she wasn't getting any motivation. And this is a question I may have already put in the uh, queue. Okay. Um, but she was finding uh, finding it difficult trying to keep, keep her dog motivated on a food. And then she mentioned that she's got two puppies. Ah. Uh. And that training is a little bit more difficult. And Shandy made a really important uh, point saying, can you separate the dogs? Yeah. Like separate the puppies if you're training them. And this is not that uncommon. For a puppy that um, isn't really super motivated already, if they have a litter mate or a, a really tough distraction, that doesn't even need to be litter mate. Maybe yeah. it's your older dog. Yeah. But if they have a really tough distraction nearby, food doesn't matter. Mm -mm. They could care less about food. You're so, just up a pond, up a stream, up a river. Without a paddle, what's it? Where are we going with this? Well, you're up a I'm, creek, up a creek without a paddle. Yes, I think that's the same. What I'm trying to say is that if you're trying to train two puppies at the same time, right. or an older dog and a puppy at the same time, when the puppy has no skills, you know, is a bit distracted, you're you're literally not going to get any success in that moment. So we highly recommend when you get a puppy that you're separating it from all of the other animals, kids. Um, cats, whatever it might be in your house, get a little bit of training underneath your belt, teach your puppy that listening to you and working for the food or for a reward is something that they want to do, and then slowly integrate the distractions back in so that your dog learns to function when there's other things going around. 
Yeah, we actually have a video on the channel uh, that's something like how to introduce your puppy to your other dog that you might find helpful. So yeah. definitely check that out uh, after the show. Um, there was a couple points here. Um, I, so we're, it's after the 8.15 hour. So now we can start doing some general. We're going to do rapid fire Q&A. We're going to do general questions, uh, answering some of the stuff that's come up. Uh, I know that uh, uh, somebody was having, it might have been Steven. Yeah, Steven was having trouble with uh, puppy potty training. What do you do when the puppy uses a restroom in the house? Uh, so they learn that it's not an ideal behavior. Take them outside, place the kennel over the pee spot. Uh, and SD Cruisers made a great suggestion. I uh, said, you have to catch them in the act. Anything yeah. that happens afterward, it doesn't count. And then Steven mentioned that. Uh, I tried that, uh, still to use that. I have a multi-poo and he's so little he can't distinguish when he is sitting or using the restroom. <laughs> now I think that might be a common misconception. You know, yeah. the, the puppy doesn't know or doesn't feel it. So um, in, if that's the case, you no, should definitely... No, he can't tell whether the dog's just sitting or whether the dog's peeing. Is oh, what he, he's trying to tell. I can't distinguish between yes. them. Yes. Because he's so little, he's so close to the ground. Oh, I see. When he looks at him, he can't tell whether yeah. he's peeing or whether okay. he's just sitting. So this is really important. It means that you need to be What super, happens before that moment? Super hyper-vigilant about your supervision. So mm -hmm. set your puppy up in an area where uh, you're likely to catch them doing something like that. And on an area where they can't like go on your the best the carpet in, in the house or um, that you're going to notice you know even uh turning your back on your puppy right now and i, I have a friend who's got a puppy and he's uh, he struggled a little bit with puppy potty training and i was getting uh lots of messages and phone calls about the puppy but puppies will take they're they're uh masters of uh opportunity they'll just take that moment and they'll sneak around the corner and they'll have a little pee or they'll wait until they've been so good with you and the moment you pick up your phone and check what time it is that's when the puppy's gonna pee so you need to make sure that you're really critical of the supervision that you're giving that puppy and so the puppies that you will the uh, puppies will usually do something before they go to the bathroom the most common thing is that they'll start sniffing right sniffing the floor and most often they'll try to get away from you because most of the time if dogs are going to the bathroom they typically don't pee like right near him and sometimes they do but most of the time they kind of want to go off and like find a little private spot so when you see the like a bit of disconnection from the dog or you see a lot of sniffing then right away I would start to say to the puppy do you have to go outside and I would start to initiate a little bit of house training where the dog actually learns to ask you to go outside instead of just peeing inside but back to what Ken said supervision is key if the dog is doing a lot of rehearsal of going to the washroom in the house without being caught in the act and disciplined for it um you know it's not something the dog will ever grow out of. It's something you have to teach and you need to get on it earlier than later because the longer you let it go, the harder it is to fix. For sure. Um, Minerosa, 77. Uh, any good harnesses and collars? I went through five harnesses with my two five-months-old. They chew it off each other. I want. I went through six collars as well. I have too many golden doodles. You need to separate those puppies. You need to make sure that um, they don't have the opportunity to chew off collars or harnesses. I wouldn't leave a dog unattended with a harness on. No. Nope. Uh, it's just too Dangerous. much. Yeah, it's too much. Uh, there's too much of a chance, a risk there. Uh, so be really careful about that. And uh, you're, if your puppies are chewing the collars off each other, you have a bigger problem. You need better supervision. And Mm -hmm. separation of those puppies so that you can catch them in the act. I'd hate for a puppy, and I've heard stories about this kind of thing, where like a dog gets their mouth caught, mm -hmm. and their teeth caught mm -hmm. on another dog. So be really careful about that. Supervision and separation is going to be helpful. Buy two crates. Steve, yeah, Steven Zelaya. Have you guys ever trained a dog to be a service dog? In fact, we yeah. have. Now, we've, uh, we, we also get, um, there's a service dog trainer nearby us that sends his 
uh, I guess, soon to be service dog students to yeah. us for the foundation training. So uh, those dogs will come to us and they'll learn all of the foundation they stuff. They go through the a relationship basic training stuff. program and a lot of the time they're ready to go right into their service dog training. Yeah. In fact, we had a lady uh, come to us today for a private lesson. She's actually in our classes as well. And um, she said that the dog has learned almost all of the things that it needs to know through the program um, just with basic training. So yeah. that's great. Yeah. And I noticed someone earlier mentioned uh, training a service dog is kind of like trick training. And that's kind of true depending on the dog's responsibilities. What, yeah, what they're going to be um, doing. Yeah. You sort of get them, teach them to indicate or act on a certain behavior. It's a response. So uh, Emma, we may have answered this already, but how do I stop my dog from uh, peeing in the house? He's five years old and should know better. We spent tons of time on potty training, so it's very disappointing. It, is it because he is not fixed? Uh, no. Uh, because this is a choice that he's making. Uh, so you, again, go back to supervision. This is something people often overlook. Don't give him the freedom. Use a crate, use like a limited space area so that he can't make these choices. Go and sneak away and have a pee or whatever in your home. Um, because and you'll quickly see that, you know, if you catch him in the act, uh, you know, if lots of potty training videos on the channel, but if you catch him in the act and give him the information, sometimes it could be one event learning. He just yeah. didn't know he wasn't allowed to do that. Your dog's going to do whatever feels, uh, uh, good at that time. Yeah, dogs so, don't do thinking, things like that on purpose. They right. do it because it's convenient, and they think they're they think it's okay. And if they have good information that that's not the case, that you know they truly will they truly will try harder. Um, Betsy Nichols, how do you teach a down to a stubborn adult dog? Now, there's a couple things. Uh, whether it's a down or any behavior, sometimes welcome Christina right to the channel. Um, sometimes it's about the value of the reward. Now, if I were you, I would start to work on an area where your dog already likes to lie down. Maybe it's on their bed. Maybe there's a sunny spot on the floor. You know, maybe there's, uh, maybe it's in their crate. I don't, I don't know. Wherever your dog likes to lie down, start working on it there. Practice on um, a more slippery floor like yes, the kitchen. For, for some dogs, that can be really helpful mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, other dogs, it's got to be super cushy. High value food is really helpful. Start with the dog in a sitting position rather than a stand. That can also be helpful. Applying a tiny little bit of pressure to their shoulders or to their bum so it doesn't pop up when you're luring down with food. Um, there's a bunch of things that you can try that you can try there. Uh, I'm going to say Dave Caldwell has been here since the opening of the train station. Bedtime for me, up all night. For those who are Chinese, happy year of the rat. Well, thanks for joining us here at the train station, Dave. And uh, toot toot to you. Let's go to the queue. We are... Doing rapid fire Q&A right now here in the train station. Chi, Chi Lee, Chi Lee. Uh, my German uh, shepherd still pees in her crate after I've taken her out already. Am I doing something wrong? So likely what's happening, and it's pretty common, is that your dog or puppy may be getting distracted uh, when they're outside. So they're not finishing or they're not even starting. You know, puppies are so easily distracted. Mm -hmm. So make sure you're out there supervising the process so your puppy or dog is less likely yeah. to get distracted. Monica said, reward treat is hard to find. Tried several. Is it okay to do dog tr to do training while the dog is hungry and use kibble or food choices? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Kale, do you want to? Great idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, we actually suggest that if you're not going to be training in a super distracting environment, we do recommend that you use your dog's kibble um, so that they're not getting their regular kibble amount and then tons of treats on top of it. We find a lot of dogs will gain a lot of weight that way. Um, and then also if their bellies are full, they're not as eager to work for the food. Uh, one little trick that we often will do is we'll maybe give the dog a small portion of their breakfast, for example, and then we'll put the remainder of their breakfast in a little Ziploc bag, and then we might add a little bit of block cheese or some chicken wieners, hot dogs, or we have a, a fabulous treat that we make ourselves. It's a little tuna brownies, little tuna chunks. Yeah. And um, 
the dogs go ballistic over them and they're super easy and healthy for the dogs. So we'll mix a whole bunch of that together and then we'll use that for our rewards. Um, sometimes that when you have dogs that aren't as food motivated, um, you want to make sure that you're not using a lot of like commercial foods. A lot of the time they're more motivated to work for um, like actual food like um, chicken breasts or things like that. Um, also consider the dog's weight. Is the dog really overweight and therefore they're not really keen to work on the food? So do you need to work a little bit on the dog's health and fitness? And lastly, are you fee free feeding versus meal feeding? Often people who just put food down and just let the dog graze whenever they want to, they really devalue the uh, resource of food. So we highly recommend that you meal feed your dog. So you put food down in the morning, uh, we feed our, some of our dogs in their crates, in fact, and uh, they eat, I don't know, in 30 seconds, <laughs> 60 yeah, seconds, and then long. we remove the food. Uh, we have had a few dogs that we've had in as, from a rescue situation that were not fed that way, um, so we would basically give them like 15, 20 minutes to eat, and whatever they didn't eat, we would take the food up and then put it back down later until a few days into it, the dogs were eating a bit more regularly. So there's a bunch of suggestions for you. Oh, big hello to the island engineer. Welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us here at the train station. I've seen a couple of interesting things come in here. Um, I like this one. Uh, I'm training. Uh, Tanya says I'm training in a class, and it's hard to get my dog's attention. Most of the time, she wants to watch everyone else. Now, this can be really, really common, and it is really important that you are able to redirect your dog. You might need to figure. You know, maybe there's so many. There's so many things we can talk about here, and I'm going to give you like these super wide open blanket things. Um, teaching your dog, turning them away, interrupting whatever that behavior is. If they're super focused on a uh, the neighbor dog, then turning them away, giving them a job, maybe mm -hmm. giving your dog getting your dog asking your dog to lie down rewarding them for that maybe uh, the odd time rewarding them for a look at me if your dog just happens to check in with you in while you're sitting in class capture that moment now I don't want you to think that using a look at me is the only way to get your dog's attention back on you because I've seen some stuff uh, on the internet lately that talks about that and I don't dis I don't agree with it um, I think your dog needs to be able to look around but you know they also need to check in with you but giving your dog a job like interrupting that staring in early because, you know, your dog's going to do something called eye start and they like really lock in on that thing. That's the time. At the very beginning, once they do that eye start, that's the time you're going to be successful if you interrupt them. So get that, get them, uh, get them turned away, get that distraction, give them a job, reward them, praise them. Maybe start with a look at me. Maybe you can give them a reason to look at you. It also means that when you're not at training class, you need to be building more value on yourself. Yeah. The fact that your dog goes into a classroom and then is more interested in everything else and not of you shows that you don't have enough value yet. Um, you know, your yeah, dog and should... it's a process. It, yeah. You know, that's not it's like not a like negative a, thing. It's not like a, okay, you're going to fix this in three days right, type of thing. It's, right. it's going to be a long process, but try to just make sure that your everyday situation situations that your dog's not getting a lot of opportunity to self-reward and that they're really learning that a lot of reward is coming through you and whatever that reward might be. Again, when we say the word reward to you guys, it doesn't necessarily mean food. It can mean, um, it can mean praise. It could mean touch. It could be, it could be freedom. It could be all kinds of things that you can use to reinforce positively your dog. Maybe a toy, you know, it's yep. really, it, it's a, it's, it's the ultimate The ability thing. to go outside, like yeah, all kinds of things. For sure. Um, a couple more that I liked. Uh, Vanessa V. So happy to have found your channel. Hello from Oshawa. 
Hey, thanks for joining nice. us from Oshawa. Suggestion for unwanted puppy barking. Our four-month-old golden doodle loves to be sassy and bark. Now, I know we do, there's a couple of videos on the channel that talk about rewarding that quiet time, but there's also, it's also important uh, not to give your puppy the opportunity to bark too much. So I guess it depends on what your puppy's barking at. We'll make it a lot easier to address the behavior. I want you to be using a house line. I want you to have a leash that with the loop cut off, like have some way to get a little bit more control of your puppy so that you can figure out what these triggers are for that puppy barking and uh, address it more appropriately. Sometimes it's just a, hey, hey, knock that off, you know, in a little bit of a sit correction or something for your puppy. But again, it's hard to answer that question without knowing what's causing the barking. Um, not giving your puppy an opportunity to like look at, like jump up at the window if they're barking mm -hmm. outside. That's something people commonly do. My dog always yeah. barks at the window. Uh, well, I mean, to and then work, when you see what their dog is, they're always at the window. <laughs> right. Yeah. And to work on that, you need to set them up. So don't give them all sorts of free opportunity to go look out the window and bark. Um, you would set that up as a training opportunity and be with them when the windows, when they can see out the window. So really focus on that. You guys can uh, make a, you can make a big difference with just good information. Um, so something I really enjoy doing at the end of these shows, oh, how perfect. At the end of today's show, we're going to do a call, a call in Q and A from our anchor channel. Now, if you haven't, uh, found us, we actually do, I make a podcast of the train station episodes. It's on, uh, all sorts of different, it might be actually be linked in the description Wherever below. podcasts are. Yeah. Uh, we also have a uh, podcast that uh, Instructor Shannon, the Director of Online Training, and I do mm -hmm. um, that we are just starting the next season. We're starting uh, going to be recording stuff really soon for that, so you can check that out. But on our podcast channel, uh, we ask you guys to call in with a question. So uh, today's question comes from Jennifer, and let's see what Jennifer has to say. One of my puppies is nine months old and another one is a little over a year can i still do the leash in the house training do you have a better yeah, recording so, yeah i don't think so i i think uh that sounds like a couple of the calls that came in were a little bit wah, broken wah, up like wah, that wah, wah, but she wah, mentioned wah. that she's got two puppies uh one is i think she said four months old or three months old the other one's 11 months old can oh, okay. she still use a leash in the training i'm pretty sure what she oh, okay. said you so have much use, better ears than you, i do use a, it's on my good side it is uh, on your good use, side. using a house line talk about um in terms of ages uh what's important for a house line and it's a bit of a trick question because age isn't important at no. all let's talk about that yeah it doesn't really matter uh how old the dog is what what matters is what kind of behaviors are you getting and how well is the dog listening and basically what we do is we we give the dog freedom as a reward based on the behavior that we're getting so if we have a dog of any age baby puppy older dog whatever it might be and you know they're not making the greatest choices in the house they're chewing things they're you know grabbing things and running around or jumping on the furniture or jumping up and biting at us whatever it might be um we we would attach a leash or a long line to them and have them wear it all the time. And to be perfectly honest with you, because we know that these are all things that puppies will try at some point, when we get a new dog, regardless of the age, we don't wait to put a leash on, you know, right. if they're bad. Yeah. We predict that they may make some poor choices because they're dogs and they're learning, and we put the leash on right away. So whenever our dogs are out of a crate when they're younger and they're um, – newer and and being trained uh, they have a leash attached to their collar inside the house and a really really long line outside of the house 
100% of the time. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, and that way, if the dog makes a poor choice, we can calmly and effectively redirect them and train them not to do that. So and then important. show them what else they can do. And because we're so consistent with it, and the dogs don't get a lot of opportunity to rehearse bad things, we don't really have to deal with bad things because we're on top of it so quickly that um, the dog right away learns, oh, I'm not allowed to bite that or I'm not allowed to do this. We show them what they should be doing. And because we're providing consistency and clarity and we're being fair with the dogs, um, they figure it out so quickly. But it's much harder if you're allowing these things to happen um, and then trying to go back and fix it later. I know Bernice has asked a question a few times uh, here. How do I train my dog to not bark at cars? Now, number one, you need to be there and uh, to, to, to redirect your dog, to interrupt the behavior. The other thing is you need to find that threshold where your dog can be successful. And this is something that people struggle with a little bit. They'll say, um, you know, my dog goes crazy when we pass people on the sidewalk. Oh. You know, you really need to create, oh, somebody's dropping a super chat, lighten up the I train station. I love when station. this happens. Yeah. I feel like I'm at a dance so, party. You know, I forgot that uh, we had these set up. Whoa, this is like welcome. intense. Thank you very much, Stephen Whitaker. Thank dropping you. $5 in the super chat. It's very much appreciated. Very cool. Get to light up. Look, you just oh, lit up the train station. There's our toothy pug. And you know what he gets? Thanks, Stephen. A huge train whistle. Thank you very much, Stephen, for supporting us here in the train station. Definitely appreciate all of the super chats. Come um, back and see us again. Very, very cool. Yeah, and I asked some good questions, so we really enjoyed uh, answering it. Now, um, what back to the about? training oh, the dogs not to finding that cars. threshold finding that threshold where you can be successful is going to be really really important also being able to redirect your dog when they start to bark at those cars you know i wouldn't put my if your dog's in the yard for example you need to make sure you're out there with them if they're likely to bark at a car you need to be there to give them the good information mm -hmm. um we had dogs that would chase cars talk about what we did with dogs that would chase cars yeah having border collies they're very highly stimulated by things that move and so um obviously we'd be working on a really reliable and strong recall. But the other thing that I would also work on my dogs is pairing a safe behavior um, to the side of a car. So for example, when a car would go by and I would be training this at a, a fair distance from the car, of course, um, I would ask the dog to lie down and I would have the dog remain in a down until the car was passed. And then I would use that release command that <laughs> we talked about today and allow them to get up. And um, I was quite consistent with this and I'll say that it would actually get to the point where um, a couple of the dogs that I did this with would see a car and they would just automatically lie down. And that made me feel a lot safer because, you know, the dog it gave me time to walk up and get control of the dog once again. The dog was calm. The dog was safe. Um, sometimes you just have to transfer the behavior to do something else that's that's. Um, they have to use their mind to do. Right. So recall, but um, the down was something that was really helpful. Something that sort of came up there a little bit, and we didn't speak specifically about it, but something that'll be helpful for you is it who asked that question now? Uh, Bernice. Bernice. Bernice is, um, Kale would give start to give that dog information before the car was right there. Yeah. It's really helpful if you can, when you're training this, working on this with your dog, issue something like your leave it. Issue your dog the leave it command, before they start barking, yeah. In, you know, don't allow them to reach that state of mind where they're like, oh, here's the thing. I need yeah. to bark at it. I, you know, just make this a big deal. You know, give them the information that that's not okay before they choose, uh, they make the wrong choice. Super, super helpful. Uh, uh, timing is key and you can fix a lot of behaviors preemptively. 
does not just barking, but you a lot of dog training. You can fix a lot of things by uh, interrupting uh, the the dog before they make the wrong choice. So keep that in mind. Figure out you know how you can best apply that to your situation, and uh, uh, you know things like barking at cars and barking at whatever the distraction is. The nice part about cars, you can set that up. Like you can have totally. somebody call your friend or, you know, you can get a family And that's what I had to do. By. I had to like go out specifically with like working on that in mind. And so I would watch like really far to see when the car would approach because if I waited till the car was upon us, I wouldn't get success initially because my dog was just like, her mind was like in a whole other dimension. Right. Um, so I would predict the situation. I would work with her calmly. Uh, and she figured it out really quickly. Um, we need to eat dinner. I'm getting very, we very hungry. We have uh, had an amazing time tonight. You guys have asked so many really, really yeah, great questions. Great but questions. We tonight. absolutely, I, I'd love it if everybody in the chat said a huge thank you to Shandy Blake. Yes. I've uh, just been rock star. Yeah, absolutely. It's Shandy, lots of links, Blake. Uh, we also have another, we, we have need another to come LOL. Up with an, another name yeah. for her. Shandy. We'll come up with something good. A huge thank you to SD Cruiser as well, who was in a uh, link posting competition earlier with Shandy, it seems. Becky Parker, uh, thank you very much for being our moderators. And, and thank you for joining us here. You know, these are lots of fun for us to do uh, here in the train station. And uh, all I can think of is Shandy Shake and Bake Blake. Oh, that's Which not, has nothing to do bad. with comments. I don't hate that. It's just really cute. Yeah. A huge thank you to Stephen Whitaker for his super chat tonight. And if you guys, like I said, you guys, uh, you bought all of the three quarter and half inch leashes. So we don't have any more. But if you'd like to check out our store, you can go to McCandogs.store. You see Spot the Bot is our other, uh, our, our new also helper. <laughs> Shandy says she loves it. Very cool. But thank you guys for joining us. If this is your first time on the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button and make sure you click the bell for notifications so that you don't miss the, uh, the maybe the one video that you really, really need. But we publish videos every week to help you to have a well-behaved four-legged family member. Uh, I'm going to say on that note, I want to thank you guys for joining us, I guess. Us. Yep. Yeah. I'm Ken. I'm Cal. Happy training, guys. Bye for now. See ya.